You're listening to The Homeschool Dropout. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. Let's talk about bridging the gap between homeschool and the professional world. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Another week and another episode of The Homeschool Dropout. This week will be really, really exciting. We have such an exciting guest. We have Abe Olin Slager. Did I say that right? Olin Slager? Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's going to take me some time. Yeah, we have Abe here. Abe's such an exciting guest. How old are you, Abe? 18. 18. So Abe is at kind of the younger end of all the guests that I've brought on. I thought he'd have really good perspective and, and input having just kind of finished his homeschooling journey and looking at the rest of his life and the next big steps that he's going to take. So Abe, why don't you give the listeners some background on your homeschooling experience, what you did, whether or not you graduated, and kind of how you filled your time there during your homeschooling? Definitely. So like you said, my name's Abe Olenslager. I started homeschooling from as young as I can remember. I think my parents just made the decision that they didn't really want us in the public school system, and it sort of stuck. They tried it as an experiment, and I guess we just stuck with it. A lot of, I guess, growing up or my elementary and middle school years were mostly just me being at home. I had some really good opportunities to just, I guess, delve into classic books and really just motivate myself as far as my education came. We participated in a lot of co-ops or groups where we could meet with other families in the homeschool community. Sort of as time went by, I took a more serious approach to my homeschooling. When I hit my freshman year, I started taking classes through a charter school. Then I went back to homeschooling. I started a debate through an organization called the Wasatch Independent Debate League. And the following year, I continued doing that. I started mock trial and I actually started college early. I didn't end up graduating, but it was good to get some college credits under my belt. And I'm really close to having my associate's degree. Okay. So you did not graduate from public school, charter school, homeschool, GED, none of that. Nope, not at all. Okay. How does that feel? I mean, it's worked out fine for me so far. I, I applied to the university that I wanted to go to this last fall and I got in. So as long as you are really motivated in your education, I don't really think that graduating from high school is all that big of a deal. I, I totally agree. And as listeners know, I I mean, that's the premise. That's the title of this whole podcast. You and I had that in common that essentially, and I tell my friends this all the time, you know, oh, I'm like the homeschool dropout. I didn't even graduate from homeschool, almost as a joke. It, it's almost like commentary on how I didn't find the public certificate to be valuable to me. And I was still able to get into college. People are baffled by that. They're blown away that you don't need a high school diploma to get into college. Did you run into any, I mean, I want to talk about your childhood more, but we're here. So we'll, we'll talk about you getting into college. Did you run into anything there? Were they like, hey, why don't you have credentials? Not really. The The program I was working through was really, it was tailored to some extent to homeschoolers or people who just wanted to get an early start as far as college goes. So it was really easy. I had to write a couple of essays and they approved me and let me in. So there's a lot of resources for people who are interested in doing the same thing. I absolutely agree. I focused on AP classes and my essays and standardized tests. And I think that was really kind of my my leverage and my push into getting into college without any high school diplomas or credentials. So I think it's good for homeschooling families to see that it 
it's possible you don't have to stress about graduation. It really does not make that big of a difference as long as you know where you're going. If you know you want to get to college, you can focus your education towards that without worrying about a diploma. Okay, so let's back up a little bit here. I want to talk about your childhood. So contextualize your family experience a little bit for us. Are you the oldest in your family, youngest? Where do you fit? Yeah, so I'm the oldest of currently eight siblings, but my mom is about to have another baby. So oldest of nine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a lot of us. Yeah. Is everyone homeschooling? Yeah. So everyone's throughout their entire experiences in school, they've stayed homeschooling. There have been like little dips into like charter schools and stuff like that, but nothing that's lasted longer than a few months or a year. That's incredible. Our families have a lot in common. I'm one of 10. You're currently one of nine. Or, or I guess you're currently one of eight, almost one of nine, and that yeah. could expand more. So tell us about how that was growing up. Your family, you're gaining more and more siblings. Your parents are homeschooling you. Did you feel different from other kids? Did you feel weird? What was that like? Yeah, definitely. There were definitely times I felt, I mean, I guess a little different, but that that kind of shifted pretty quickly for me. I'm a really social person. I like being around people all the time. Being able to go to like those co-ops and stuff like that, I had the opportunity to really engage socially. So social life and having friends wasn't really ever an issue for me. As far as like my family life went, it was definitely strange to have a lot of siblings, but it was also really nice. You had, I mean, just a lot of built-in friends. It also, I feel like for me at least, was to some extent a route for me being a lot more self-motivated in my education. Because as soon as I was able to read and do basic math, my mom had to move on to the next sibling, right? So I got the opportunity to really take a hold of my own education from a really young age, and I guess just love it. And I think that's one of the most important things for me is just really loving your education and finding things that you enjoy about becoming educated and educating yourself. I love that perspective. So what I'm hearing is kind of as soon as your mom was able to give you the tools for learning, here's how you read, here's how you write. And and truthfully, reading and writing is your gateway to the whole world. If you can do that and really understand what you're learning, you can teach yourself almost anything. So can you think back on any curriculums your mom used or, or how you were taught and kind of the philosophies there that informed that homeschooling? Yeah, so a lot of the philosophy we followed was Thomas Jefferson education and like the Lemmy program. And those programs focus pretty significantly on, especially once you reach a scholar phase, which would be considered like like early teens, right before teens, really motivating yourself and operating on this system of loving learning and being self-motivated by your ability to learn. So I guess what I recognized from my mom was she was an amazing teacher because she presented me first, like you said, with the tools to be able to learn the things that I wanted to learn. But more importantly than even presenting me with the tools, she presented me with a desire to be able to learn those things. Very similar. My family as well did TJ Ed, Thomas Jefferson Education. And I think this might be a good place to to dig into those different phases of learning. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, Abe, I distinctly remember there's a love of learning phase, and this is for young kids. And the whole idea is that the world is interesting and it's curious and it's it's vibrant and alive and kids should just go out there and learn as much as they can about any subject and just go wild with their curiosity. And then if you can preserve 
the innate curiosity in a child through those early stages without you know putting them in a room and forcing them to learn things on a on a conveyor belt set cadence then you you can preserve that learning instinct and then as they mature and they shift into what's called the scholar phase it becomes more disciplined and focused learning where the student the child the individual begins to understand that they can focus their learning, they can drive their learning towards a specific goal and becomes very intentional and scholarly. It truly is a scholar phase. And so is that, am I remembering that correctly about those different phases? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I was lucky enough in my family that when my parents found TJ Ed, Thomas Jefferson Education, I was right there. I was in love of learning and shifting into scholar phase. So I was just allowed to just love learning, just really love it and dig into it. And I still feel that in my adult years. Okay. So very interesting. Was it TJ Ed that first inspired your parents to homeschool? Do you know what informed that decision initially? I'm not actually positive. I think for the most part, it was originally actually my dad. He had some issues with public school system and my mom kind of just went along with it and they learned together. I don't know if they initially started with the TJ Ed program, but Pretty quickly, they found it, and we were able to join co-ops that had followed the same system and really able to, I guess, get a foothold or a foot in the door as far as homeschooling went. Okay, so there are probably a lot of contributing factors to your parents' decision. Do you have any regrets about homeschooling? Do you wish things were different? Do you have any, I don't know, resentment about the experience? I don't think I have any resentment. I'd say the biggest thing that I missed a little bit at least for as far as homeschooling went was just having the whole high school experience. I mean, not being able to just like see your friends every day and stuff like that was definitely something that I envied to some extent about my public schooled friends. But I guess on top of that is, like I said, I was a really social kid and I still am. And I was still able to find friendships and be able to have that social life it just took a little bit more work for me. So it's not something I actually regret. In the long term, actually, I think it's something that's helped me a lot in my life where my social experience and the way I engage with people as a result of homeschooling is less passive and more of a concerted effort to be able to build real relationships that last. Fascinating. This really resonates with me. I distinctly remember being homeschooled and you would interact with these public school kids. And I made a lot of friends through my church community and through sports and through co-ops and and Commonwealth groups and everything. And so the public school kids, there is this continuity that they experience together and that I did experience later on as I went to public school. And, And the conversations are geared around what are you doing in third period and how was lunch? And then, you know, they have these other networks and connections that they all know. But I didn't know everyone they were talking about. I didn't know the teachers they were talking about. And so there is this kind of this disconnect in our worlds aren't totally meshed. And I felt that at times, you know, like, oh, well, I have no idea who that is. I don't know who that teacher is, you know, so you're on the outside sometimes. And I felt it. Yeah, definitely. That can be hard sometimes. But I think what I've really loved, I guess, about the social aspect of homeschooling is how broad my friendships are. Like I have friends who live 30 minutes south of me or 30 minutes north of me or two hours north of me or two hours south of me because I've had the opportunity to really expand those circles beyond just the walls of a school, right? Those social engagements, like I said before, are something I have to work for, 
So it's going to be people I wouldn't normally engage with who come from all sorts of backgrounds who are public schooled or homeschooled or go to anywhere in between, right? And the debate league I went to was a big help as far as social aspect and life went. And same thing with the co-ops and church, like you're saying. I think that's a really, really strong point. From the outside looking into homeschooling, I think it's easy to think that homeschoolers just spend all their time at home in their pajamas and they're like talking to their siblings and that's their whole world, right? And to a large extent, I was home a lot, right? But there is so much diverse learning experience within homeschooling. And I truly did learn to associate and talk to people from all age groups, from lots of different backgrounds, from all these commonwealths, from these meetups, from these groups. And I'm really liking the intentional aspect you're bringing up with relationships. In public school, you are, to some extent, offered your friendships. Here are your friends because they go to the same school as you. And then sometimes you be selective and clicks emerge. But the experience that you're addressing is a lot more intentional. These are my friends and I'm going to work towards them and build these relationships and it takes time and effort. And I think that's something that took me longer in my life to understand that relationships are intentional and you work towards them and there's effort there. And it's a lot more rewarding when you feel kind of that that return on the relationship and that it's, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know, that there's fulfillment in the relationship. And I what I'm hearing from you is you gained that in your homeschool experience. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's something that everyone needs to some extent to realize that you need to seek out and work for relationships. I mean, already, I haven't started my career, but I've had opportunities to use that in very professional settings. And it's just made all the difference in the world for me. I'm sure I remember in my undergrad, sensing that, you know, there's just this churn and this buzz about network, network with people, network with people and, you know, talk to them. And I, that didn't really make sense until I realized that all of my classmates were my network. I was networking just through building relationships with the people I already knew. And and it really holds true. So I, I think you've done that really well for yourself. Okay, listeners, a quick word about Audible. As much as I still love reading a physical book, sometimes I just don't have time to sit down and read. That's where Audible comes in for me. I've recently listened to incredible audiobooks like The Power of Habit, The Last Green Valley, and even Harry Potter in Spanish. To get a free 30-day trial of Audible exclusively through the Homeschool Dropout, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the homeschool dropout. That's audibletrial.com forward slash the homeschool dropout. Okay, let's kind of shift out of your younger years. I think we've hit some really good points there. Talk to the listeners about your experience in debate. I know you did exceptionally well and you really thrived in that environment. Talk to listeners about that and what got you into it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, for a long time, I had heard about the debate league people, and this is the Wasatch Independent Debate League. People had just always had something to say about the teacher, how amazing he was and how amazing the program was. So my sophomore year of high school, I decided that I'd give it a try. And right off the bat, first day of class, the teacher, his name's San Martino. He's amazing. He had us give impromptu speeches, right? So we'd have two to three minutes to write a five minute speech. And I loved it. Like from the very, very first speech I gave, I was like, this is what I want to do. And slowly that just evolved into it taking over my life. I dedicated so much time to it. It was ridiculous. I have wrote so many speeches, so many oratories, done Lincoln-Douglas debates, extemporaneous speeches, and it opened the door 
a lot of doors for me, actually. The next year, I started with a mock trial team here in Utah, and we were actually able to win state this last year, which was a really cool experience. It's presented a ton of opportunities. I was able to speak at the Stadium of Fire. I was able to speak in the United Nations and in Congress this year. You're kidding. A lot of, yeah. Wait, the U.S. Congress? Not U.S. Congress. Utah oh, okay. Utah. Congress. Okay. Oh my goodness. I mean, both are exceptional. <laughs> I was just <laughs> for a bit. That's that's really that's a lot. How did you how did you get looped into speaking for Congress? So one of the programs that was offered through our debate league was a civic advocacy program, and I was just like, I loved the idea of having the opportunity to because my plan is to like be able to influence change in the world, right? At some point in my life. But this was presenting the opportunity for me to be able to start that now as a teenager, right? So they said we could like do some lobbying. We'd be sending emails to like senators and representatives in the state. But I kind of took a, a step further and I, I held rallies outside of the Capitol. I ended up. Wow. Yeah, it was just a really cool experience. I got to talk to a lot of the senators and representatives, build somewhat of a relationship with them. And then eventually I was able, there was a bill I was really passionate for, and I ended up speaking in one of the Senate sessions. So that was a really cool experience. Okay, so you spoke in the Senate chamber to advocate for a bill that you felt strongly about. Yeah. Can I ask what it was? Yeah, so it was... It had to do with vaccinations as far as mandating them. And I just took some issue with the government or large corporations being able to mandate vaccinations for people, which is maybe a controversial. I don't have necessarily anything against vaccinations themselves, just the fact that a government shouldn't be able to enforce that on its citizens. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a it's a highly contentious issue, right? But what I really like about the story is that you, as a homeschooled teenager, you were able to approach a very sensitive, very timely and very controversial issue and engage with a large audience of seasoned adults and make your case. You know, you made your own case. I love that. Whatever your position is, I just like that you were able to kind of take the world on in your own way and and make your, you know, take your stance. That's really cool. How did it go? Um, it went all right. I mean, I wasn't super prepared. It ended up being more of an impromptu speech than anything. <laughs> and it was the session I was in was a little bit distracting. So, several people got pulled out by the state troopers before. So it was like a really intense session already. But it was a really cool experience. And it just made me love engaging the political system and trying to advocate for change so much more. Okay, so it, it lit a fire in you, it, or maybe just built a fire that was already there. Definitely. Fascinating. It seems like debate kind of set that course for you and enabled you to make that stance in a way that you felt good about. Okay, very cool. I know that you were also involved in another program called SIM. Can you tell listeners about SIM, what that was like for you in high school and how you got involved? Yeah, so I, ju I just had some friends. It was kind of the same thing with debate. I had some friends who had really good experiences with it. So I tried it out. It's this thing called Sim Week. Pretty much we had the opportunity for a week to participate in a simulation, right? So it's this simulated experience where you have to overcome a specific set of obstacles, pretty much as if you're an adult and you're acting in this almost sandbox environment. And I really enjoyed the experience. More than anything, I loved the opportunity to make 
friends with that experience. Some mm. of the friends I made my first year are hands down my closest friends now. Like we've we stayed in touch after the first year and we were able to continue being friends, spend time together outside of sim, a lot of time together outside of sim. But it was also people who had like the same interests as me who were engaged in their own debate leagues and in politics. And it was just a really cool experience. Okay, so it sounds like this intense environment. You spend a week doing almost, what did they call that? You know, I've only seen this in movies where they do kind of this like United Nations simulation type thing. And it's just a really intense environment. It sounds like you kind of trauma bond together. You go through all this, this really intense experience together and you just gain lifelong friends out of it. Yeah, definitely. And maybe sometimes a bit more than, I mean, our group was a bit more tailored to trying to have fun with it, right? Because it's this environment where it's pretty much a political sandbox, right? So it's like you're saying with like Model United Nations, there which is, is yeah. yeah, something I've actually really enjoyed doing in the past. I've participated in that as well. But having the opportunity to really decide what happens in the simulation and have an influence in what happens, it was really cool for me. And I know it was cool for a lot of friends. So like you're saying, it wasn't necessarily maybe trauma bonding for us. I know it was for some <laughs> kids. For us, for the most part, it was this camaraderie and being able to really create something that we were proud of. Hmm. Okay. And that's a, an annual event? Yeah. So it happens every year. It's hosted, I think, by a school called Design Peak Academy. I, I think those are great examples of the exciting, fun things you can do when you're homeschooled. Were there a lot of public schoolers that were involved in that as well? There were a few, yeah. Okay, so so it's it's a mix. I you know, I guess I'm maybe I'm hooked on this too much. I really want people to see that homeschooling is not this uniform, one-dimensional thing. There are so yeah. many ways to do it, and there's so many options out there. And you do, in fact, engage with a lot of people from a lot of backgrounds. If you want to, you can go out and find it. It's easy. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about you moving and transitioning into college. You decided to go to I think a state college a little bit earlier than most. So in your junior year, you started looking at college? Yeah. So my junior year of high school, it was the summer before I, I was presented with the option of just starting college and I took it. I mean, I wouldn't say it was an experience I necessarily loved, mostly because, like I said, I'm a, a super social person and it was online classes. They would give us the casework and then we would pretty much just write papers or take quizzes after reading our textbooks. So it wasn't an experience I loved, but it was an experience that was really valuable to me in the fact that it prepared me for college more than like when I actually go to a university, more than I think a lot of people have. But also it allowed me to, I guess, take a lot of the generals that I wasn't necessarily excited to take off the table and be able to really focus when I do go to college on what I want to focus on. Okay, so your intent is eventually to go to a larger university and like live in the dorms, live on campus. Is that your thought? Yeah, either live on campus or I have some friends who are going to the same university and we'll just buy an apartment together. There you go. So There you go. I totally agree. I thought that the early freshman experience for me was really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of energy. You're meeting a lot of people and it's it's something you'll never get back. You will never get your freshman year back and it's such a rich fun experience for me with a lot of trade-offs you have to deal with bureaucracy and the politics of school and you know there's there are so many things I would change but I did enjoy the experience so I'm excited that you're you're looking at that we're kind of winding down here a little bit 
as you look back at your homeschooling experience, knowing that there's a lot of families exploring this option now, what advice would you give to them? I'd say the biggest thing I'd say is just try it. I mean, it's a hard step to take. Getting away from the system is always hard, but just trying it and being self-motivated or encouraging your children to be self-motivated in their learning can make a huge difference in their lives. I know there are plenty of people who they start homeschooling and then they go back to public schooling and that's totally fine because it's not for everyone. But on the chance that it is for one of your children or it is for your family, it can make a huge impact in your life that I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what my life would be like without homeschooling because it's made such a big difference in who I am. I totally agree. I, it really shaped the person that I am. And the biggest thing maybe, and maybe maybe you agree with this, homeschooling compels me to think about the world differently from other people. When you're, when you're in the system, it truly is everyone thinking the same thing all the time. And it's like, oh, this is just what we do. There's an assumption about how you learn. But it, even if you're exploring homeschooling, I think it starts trickling into other areas. I don't just accept things. I don't just assume that, that this is how we do it because this is how we've always done it. I, I think that's been a big impact for me is I do not take things at face value anymore. I, I really think about it. And homeschooling, I think, trained my mind to do that. I don't just accept things. I don't know if you felt that as well. Yeah, exactly. I think it just... It allows people to think, and I'm not saying public school doesn't, but public school doesn't encourage critical thinking, whereas homeschooling does encourage critical thinking. <laughs> Having done both, I, I would totally agree. You can find it in public school. You can. Definitely. And I think it's sometimes more advantageous to do it outside because it, it's built in inherently. You're already critically thinking about the world when you choose to homeschool. It's built into the whole thing. So that's really cool. I, I have one more question along this, this theme. By and large, and this is not every family, but by and large, it is mothers that are teaching their children for the most part. You know, I, I do know some families where the mother is the breadwinner and the father is at home teaching the kids, but for the most part, it is mothers. What would you say to mothers who are who felt like they needed homeschool? They started homeschooling and it is hard. And they're worn down a little bit. Having been homeschooled and been taught by your mom, what would you say to those mothers who just need, I don't know, who are in kind of the trenches right now with a lot of young kids? I think the philosophy that I took the most from my mom as far as when it came to homeschooling was this idea of letting go. A lot of people, when they first start homeschooling, it was a big thing when COVID happened and people started homeschooling because they were taking kids out of their public schools, right? This idea of having a set routine, this, this amount of time is for this class, this amount of time is for this class, and it's structured almost like a public school. The way my mom recommended to us and the way she taught us was she sort of let go of that. I mean, there would be times where we focused on our writing lessons or our reading or our math, but when it really came down to it, the majority of our time was given to us to be able to study the things that we wanted to. And part of that would be, we would go on a field trip, we would go to the library, we'd go to a museum, we'd go to the park even, but just letting go of this idea that homeschooling has to be a regimental perfect thing and allowing your education or the education of your children to sort of just flow. 
I think that's really helpful and really useful. I I know my mom talked about when she started homeschooling, it was school at home. That's all she knew. She's like, okay, well, we'll do this from eight to nine and this from nine to 10. And so it was very structured and regimented. But by the time I came around, there were some things I knew were going to happen. We had this thing called devotional every day for one hour. Devotional yeah, always happened, right? So there was like this, this point of the day that bound everything together and it provided continuity. But the rest of it, it was just like, go read the books, go explore the world, tell me about it, teach me about it. It was such a collaborative effort. My mom was learning on her own. She wanted to know what we were learning. And it was not out of like coming down hard on us. She genuinely was curious about what we were learning. And there's there's a quote from TJ Ed philosophy that I really like that my mom had on a bookmark. And I saw this a thousand times growing up. And it said, inspire, not require. And I just like, I think that I, I really absorbed that over time. My mom was trying to inspire us to learn and not require us to learn hoping by the time we were adults that it would work. Oh, can you imagine, Abe, can you imagine experimenting education on your own children? I would be so scared, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You just don't know what it looks like on the other end. Well, very good. I really appreciate your time, Abe. Let's, I want to highlight really quickly for any listeners that want to hear more about Abe and his involvement with debate. You are a guest on another podcast called The W-I-D-L Wall Talk podcast. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. So I will go ahead and link to that on my show notes page for any listeners who are curious about that. And then what are you looking at next, Dave? What are your plans? Yeah. So for the next two years, actually next week, I start a religious mission for my church and that'll last for two years. Then I come back and I plan on going to the university I was talking about and going into international relations, political science, and getting a law degree. So, Ooh, wow, that's a lot. Very exciting. I'm really excited for you, Abe. I, I just sense that there's a lot of potential and you have the whole world in front of you. I'm really excited to see what you do with it. So thank you for your time. And I don't know, we'll, I guess we'll chat in two years. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey everyone, to make sure you don't miss weekly episodes of The Homeschool Dropout, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcasting platform.